Welcome back, everyone, to R2Cast number 54. And just before I introduce who we've got today, I'm going to do the same as I did last week, and I'll probably do next week, and I think I'll actually do the week after that as well. Um, I am not in my flat in Dumfries. I am at the mum and dad's house in uh, on Arran. So there's a few things that could happen. We have got a guest in the B&B. He's probably sick of me talking so loud. He might, come, he might knock the door. Uh, the cats might appear. Mum and dad might appear. Uh, the clock will almost definitely go off, and the phone might go off as well. So if any of that stuff happens, I apologise. I'm telling you this, but you probably won't see it, so I'm probably more apologising to our guest who will actually notice it, and I'll probably not have edited it out by then. But today is an exciting day, as is every R2 cast, because we meet some fantastic people on this show. However, today is the start of two weeks of TikTok stardom. <clears throat> um, next week, we have Katie Shanahan. This week, we have who I think, personally is one of the funniest people on the ag space i really do she is absolutely fantastic and i welcome her now charlotte ashley farms charlotte would you like to say hello hello how are you very well before we get on in to another excellent episode of the r2 cast i would just like to thank the sponsor for the show today the scottish farmer a weekly magazine highlighting everything you need to know regarding the scottish agricultural industry whether it's breaking news, events happening in the sector, market reports, classified ads, or just wholesome stories happening in the industry, the Scottish farmers got it for you. And all the more excited to have you on. I mean, this is just a, uh, this has been a whole four weeks in the making. It has been, <laughs> made that sound so less impressive by saying four weeks, I should have said, this has been forever in the making, two years in the making. Uh, I only I, this is it this is it i only created the podcast for this but uh charlotte and i uh, first met at the highland show uh, on the cattle lines now last week we spoke with jane harrower and jane harrower made a few comments about um the fact that i had had at least one ribenas at the highland show and so we won't get into too much of uh how many beverages i might have had that night uh but it was myself uh charlotte emma gray and you and Irvin. so i was very much rubbing shoulders with the stars but Charlotte, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Maybe um, are you from farming? Was farming always a thing you were interested in? Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, no, farming was not something I was interested in ever. Um, I grew up in the middle of Preston um, and we we had two horses. So I was quite, you know, I was I was an outdoorsy kind of girl. Um, and then I honestly lost interest Um when I became a teenager and then I got thrown into farming by my other half Roy who's outside working I have to drop that in there um because <laughs> I'm sat in here not working um but yeah I moved in 2009 to Cumbria and I was literally thrown in at the deep end and I got told you know go mother that calf on um and you know get the gate um so I used to work as a carer and in between my breaks and my tea times and things like that, I would go and we would uh, go on the farm and I would help on the farm. And then um, in 2019, um, we ended up finishing at the family business, which was a garage. And we'd already we already had this farm um, and now we're both full time here, which is absolutely amazing. Like just to be like working together. And I say that with a, with a pinch of salt. <laughs> But no, working together is absolutely amazing and it's made such a difference to be able to be doing this together um, instead of just part-time and after work and things, which makes it extra hard work. Um, but it makes you appreciate the time you've got, I think, during the day. 
do you miss the other jobs at all? Um, no. Um, I miss maybe the, like, I did enjoy care work. It was the most fulfilling thing. Um, and you came home with a real sense that you'd made a difference to somebody's life. Um, I don't miss the money. I don't miss the traveling. I don't miss the early mornings and late nights. Obviously, we've got early mornings and late nights here, but um, you're not out in a car in the middle of the night kind of thing. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm so lucky. Like, I just need to get that across to you how grateful I am to be doing what I'm doing because I absolutely love it. Well, um, well, I love to hear that. And it, we'll get into sort of the, the stuff you post online, that sort of thing later on in the podcast, Charlotte. But one thing you posted today was, um, I can't remember exactly what it said. Uh, it's something about basically farmers are the last free people. Full time farmers are the last people that are free. And uh, yeah. I thought that, I thought like you know I've only known you for however long a few weeks. I mean two years. Uh, yeah, yeah, three, three, three years. Sorry, three years, three years. Of course, because this has been a massive podcast in the making. Uh, but you can just see that what you're doing, you just enjoy doing it. It's like you found your thing. Um, and and I love, especially I love when someone finds that thing farming in particular when they had nothing to do with it I mean horses yes obviously outdoorsy but for the most part still really not not farming itself um how how did you meet Roy it's always a fun story um I met Roy at a party in Manchester of all places um a friend of a friend was having a party and we ended up in the same building and I don't know how we ended up speaking to be honest um and in the end I ended up adding him on Facebook we had a little chat and then um I came over to visit him and yeah, literally the rest is history. Um, we very, very quickly um, became an item. And then I very, very quickly uh, moved in. Um, just because of travel, it was just a bit of an issue. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, we just clicked. Like we are the opposite of each other. Like in every single way. Like I'm not organized, Roy is organized. You know, Roy's got a business brain. I'm an absolute idiot. Like, I can't even tell you how, like, we are the opposite of each other in every single way. Um, if you know us or if you meet us, like, together, you would, you would suss that straight away. But, yeah, we just seem to, we seem to work. That seems to be what, what's really good for a relationship. You know, a completely different fill each other's gaps is brilliant. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I do quite like when you meet a couple and you're like, how does this work? Yeah. And it's yeah, almost yeah, the ones yeah. that work best. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Could you tell us a bit about the farm? Uh, so currently it is um, a beef farm and uh, two years ago I got my own sheep, which I've been petitioning for for an awful long time. Um, and then we will be um, converting to dairy um, next year into the year after. Um, so since we got this farm in 2016, I think it was, um, infrastructure has been put in place um, very slowly and although it may look like an excessive um, waste of space at the minute um, eventually it will come into its own um, and we will go onto robots and we will milk jerseys and we'll just completely transfer over from beef to to dairy. So the plan is to to get rid of the beef and it's completely convert it's not to have both no? No, no, getting rid of completely yeah and okay. we'll have 120 jerseys and we will be milking on two robots um, which it's just, it's always been something that Roy's wanted to do. Um, he had the 40 acres next door to this farm um, and they've had that for years and years. And we approached the fella about buying it. Um, well, Roy's dad bought it but on behalf of Roy's dad. 
Um, and how how it all came about, I have absolutely no idea. Literally, the stars aligned, and we ended up buying the farm and living here. And the fellow that lived here before us, Tom Savage, he was a, an, an amazing breeder of Jersey cows. And we just always had it in our heads that we wanted to, you know, go back to that. Um, which might seem a bit of a fairy tale and a really stupid thing, but that, you know, being with Roy, you literally reach for your dreams and you go for them. Like if there is no just talk about it, we tend to do whatever um we're thinking about, which is quite good. So yeah, um some God knows how they managed to sell it to us and then we are putting it back to jerseys just like they did. Maybe a bit more modern though, with like roads and things. Well, for sure, but it's quite nice. Yes, of course, you're modernising. It would be mad not to, but there's there's quite nice, whether it's tradition or is the word, I don't know, but sort of see it go back to, to what it was. Um, you mentioned you bought that. Are, is that all of the, What area of land is that? Are you owning everything or is there some rented land? Is it all owned? Uh, the majority of it is owned and there's a one one field that's rented um, that's not near here and we just put sheep on that. Um, so there's like a hundred acres here at home in a ring fence, which lends itself to the, you know, the Graceway and the jerseys and the, the milking, which is going to be, it's going to be totally amazing. Like it, you can't imagine something falling into place so well, um, even the way the land situation, the way, you know, everything worked, it's done, it's, you know, we're really, really pleased. Excellent. And when do you think that will be starting? Uh, next year, the sh- well, the sheds are up. Um, we've um, we've ordered the robots, and um, we've got we're in talks with um, a dairy about getting milk contracts and things. So yeah, we are we're on the way. Fine. Excellent. It's funny. Um, I don't. I, I know you watch some of the R two cast. I know you're quite a clout chaser, and you only watch the big ones. So uh, I, <laughs> um, there's a there's one that I strongly advise you to watch is number eleven, I believe. Uh, Kirsty Beard, it's with if it's not number eleven, um, it's Kirsty Beard around number. I think it's not. It is number eleven, um, and and she talks about that conversion over to they converted from a conventional parlor to. Um, two robots but that that sort of discussion is really cool to hear and hear another folk talk about it and it might be quite useful for yourself no very uh, useful because we know nothing about what we're going into for sure and maybe not to give you a bit of a fright before you you uh before you watch it but she did call it three months of hell <laughs> nice <laughs> nice but, nice but but once that's done you have the ability to have so much more uh, management over your stock um and yes there's that sort of of course, when you're in a parlour, you're constantly managing, you're constantly touching those animals so you can much more contact with them. But um, yeah. you can use that time that you're not doing that to manage and to walk ground stock. So it's, it's, I love hearing folk talk about converting parlours, converting a system to something different, that sort of thing. It's quite interesting yeah. to see how, you know, system X works where system, system Y was. It's really, you know, it's, it's quite cool. Um, so 120 jerseys is the plan. What is the yep. beef system at the minute? Uh, at the minute, we literally, um, we have Blue Cross Cows, um, Montbelliard, uh, things like that from Dairy Herd, um, Angus's, uh, we put a Libby Bull on, um, okay. and then we literally keep the calves to, um, literally to the bitter end, um, not much left in them. We sold some today, they did really, trade really good, like really good today. Good, good. 
really really good um but they weren't the shapiest animals they were more like big and square which seems to be what people are wanting so mm -hmm. you know you know we used to years gone by we'd be like oh look at that one's ass it's really curvy you know it's so petite and sweet and it literally is big and just confirms Roy or is this the beef girl <laughs> both, both, both. <laughs> yeah both <laughs> um, well, it, it, trade's an interesting one. Um, a, a lot of people, well, quite a few people listen to this podcast, don't mean to brag, you know. You know uh, yeah, nice. Quite a lot of people are listening now, and uh, quite a lot of them are, that get in touch with me are maybe not in farming, wanting to get into farming, and, and sort of maybe new to farming, that sort of thing. And they've got a lot of questions about things that are happening. Now, I can answer some of those, but trends and trades is, is one that I like to talk about sometimes because, I mean, two or three years, well, Three or four years ago, uh, livestock products in general were in a pretty dodgy place. And I think COVID yeah. is always bad to say COVID is good because it's not. I almost was in hospital with it last month, which is tragic two years on. Um, but what COVID has done is it's it's, it's created an, an interest in farming. Folk are, are, are buying local more. They're more sourcing products that are, are, are better in the UK, i.e. beef and so on and so forth. And, and it's great to see that trade on on a on the right direction now um do you think that's going to stay for a while or do you think we're going to see that go down or what do you think i think it's a it's actually looking at it from a broader point of view farming's had a private recession for the last 10 years literally and i think it is just seeing prices return to possibly what they're meant to be i know everyone yeah. looks at it outside and goes oh yeah look at your your trades flying yeah, it is compared to what it has been, but is that not just where where it should be? Mm -hmm. You know, I often tell someone a video, but um, Roy's dad would have boxed as a blue cross bull in heifer and brought her home. If I were to go to Penrith now, I would be paying the same money, not a lot more, for a blue yeah. a blue cross bull in heifer. So where's the trade? It's not really gone up a great deal from was it was it 2007 i can't remember when diana died but it's a long long time ago <laughs> i couldn't tell you um, it was a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> um, no disrespect to her <laughs> was it not 97 yeah it could have been 1997 yeah i think it was because i'd never heard of her really at yeah. like five and i'm 97 well i'm a week off 97 so oh, yeah it will be yeah, yeah. I think so it is. But that, that makes it even, even worse. It, it's such a long time ago and the prices haven't risen in that time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we are seeing an increase in prices, but it probably is where they should be at anyway. Uh, yeah, I agree. And and it's, it's it's true what you say. Agriculture is a thing in the public eye for good reason. Everyone eats. Mm, mm. Um, but th there's this sort of mentality of, oh, you know, uh, trade's fine. So farmers are minted. Yeah, trees oh, flying. God, I, I do. I hate that farmers are minted thing. I, if you saw my bank account, I don't mind telling you, I am full on skin. Like <laughs> we don't pay ourselves. Like we don't from a from a beef and sheep farm, and we will be um we'll be calving probably sixty cows, and this time coming a hundred and sixty sheep, and we do not pay ourselves a wage either of us. You know. Yeah, exactly. Everything we yeah. do, yeah, we roll back into the farm because we're building a business, we're building a life, and we're also building a life for our children beyond that. Um, so yeah, I just yeah, we do not drive a Land Rover, we drive a banged up old 05 ML, 
Um, <laughs> I could show you. Oh, it's not there. It's not. I can't show you. It's not there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's probably broken down somewhere. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's not there. It's somewhere we don't know where. It will be. Um, be in a bit. <laughs> but it's true there's this oh they're minted but let's let's even say trade is double what it was four years ago let's i don't i don't think it is i think it's about 185 percent of what it was three or four years ago but let's say double fertilizers up four and five times feeds up yeah, majorly everything's still flying so it's not just you know it's hard to it's unfair to say oh well they're making good money when you're forgetting the massive inputs that we put in but um yeah, we're I think being, being a farmer in general, you know, Roy would say you're a slave to the petrochemical industry and mm -hmm. whatever they charge, we have to pay. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You don't get a choice. You need, you know, once you're in that system of needing fertiliser and then even then that video that you were referring to, I put on the other day, if you look more in depth about that woman, she talks about seeds in general and the fact that the seeds were dwarfed so that, you know, you could put the fertilizer on and get the yield without the crops all leaning over and falling over and things. And it makes it really interesting to realize that even the seed you are buying has been designed so that you need to put more into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is actually quite, it's, it's a little bit unnerving, but once you're it, you can't feasibly get out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like seed companies, one of the most famous sort of militant monopolies is really the way Monsanto and the States dealt with seed. They created their seed that, um, you know, they owned that seed and they owned where that seed was put and everything. And, uh, oh, God, yeah. Slightly, yeah. Irving, yeah. isn't it, to think that that's, that is the beginning of, you know, all life kind of thing, is the seed that you're putting in the floor and you are, it is controlled by a giant corporation. For sure, yeah. Which, which and I'm not like some hippie, you know, I'm not. It's just, you you have to think about it, don't you? Oh, 100%. And, and I think, you know, mention you're not some hippie I've got the hippie thing in there. I've got, you know, I, I have that sort of, I, I, I totally get that mentality because I've got it a wee bit. But at the same time, there's there's pragmatism there and there's realism as well. But yeah, uh, but yeah you're right. I mean, we, at the end of the day, we're, every single person on this planet um, is is dealing with something a farmer's made, you know, whether that's meat-based or, or non-meat-based. Um, but yes, we could sit here and uh, we could be uh, negative all day. Um, I like to try and maybe talk about that. Sort of... Negative? Never! Let's talk about the weather. <laughs> oh, the wind, oh God. Well, the, the, are you burning up at the minute or are you okay? Um, no, we're all right, actually. Yeah, what did, did you have the did you have the intense heat last week? Was it Tuesday? Uh, oh, my God, it was. I have never, I don't think I've ever felt heat just like that. Really? It's it was that bad, yeah, like I walk outside and it was like it was pressing on you. It was unreal. <laughs> no, it was, it was, I mean, I don't think, I think we hit something like 26 here or something. Like it really wasn't that. No, I, didn't even, I, didn't even, I won't even pretend I looked. I didn't, I was just hot. <laughs> yeah, uh, London was basically on fire. I mean, uh, it was quite unreal. Uh, we did, yeah. we moved a lot of the um, sheep and cows around just into fields with more shade um, sure. and better water and things like that because we were slightly worried at how hot it was getting um but literally nothing moved all day the animals just led about no it was it was something else it, it, not enjoyable and we're not being negative but i want to say in the winter i never complain i'm not a winter <laughs> complainer <laughs> no 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 um the summer's the summer's too hot but um do you just when you mentioned that do you have do you have crops are you growing silage yeah just silage really grass silage. yeah a lot yeah. of grass 
lot yeah. of grass. Pit, I take it. Hmm? Is it pit silage I take it and not bales or both? Uh, pit silage. We used but, to be yeah. on bales only and then a couple of years ago we put the silage pit up and we've not looked back. We used to be making a thousand bales. Oh, really? Like wrapped, yeah, yeah, wrapped sil like silage bales. If I never see another piece of silage bale like to get rid of again, <laughs> and then we right. like take them. There's a girl, there is actually, there's a girl on TikTok who I watch um, in Ireland and she, she, her dad's in a wheelchair and she has this little massey and she goes like and reverses them to the bales and drops them in the shed and then she'll take the wrap off and the bale will collapse on her and I'm like, oh, you know, when you just, you've been there and I understand, you know. Is this Kay Monaghan? Yes, yes yeah. it is. She's, I think she's brilliant. I, I think she's, she's amazing, I, what a life. Yeah. She's something else. She's something else. She'd be a good one to have on the podcast. That's I spoke to Kay a couple of times. She will. And she up, just seems so genuine and yeah. really like she tries. And, and everyone's always like, why don't you get a new tractor? And she's like, why? I'm doing fine. Yeah, <laughs> well, I know she loves the tractor. Like, why would I need a new tractor? <laughs> <laughs> I could change the world with this 135. Um, yeah, yeah no, do you know what? She won't be in debt like everyone else with a tractor, will she? Exactly. That's it, exactly. Um do you know, it's funny, I asked you about silage and then I realised I knew the answer uh, because of your little drawing on the stone, which we'll come to later on. Um, you're, <laughs> you're, uh, you, you, you said you'd petitioned for sheep. I get it, you said. Yeah, yeah, you. Uh, <laughs> That's quite you, funny. You, <laughs> I honestly didn't even mean that one, but I'll, I'll take it. Um, you said you petitioned for the sheep for some time, you got them two years ago. Now, I think you said you moved in 2009, so that was an 11-year petition. Um, oh, it was a lengthy petition. <laughs> Has it been worth and it? I got told, all I got told, all I wanted was a couple, maybe two or three, you know, just to follow me round, like a little boat peep, you know, that kind of romantic vision. And I got sure. told, if you have two, you might as well have 200. Fair. How, like, I still now can't see that how this is working because I am feeling that, maybe 200 is slightly more work than two but I can see like yeah so yeah no the sheep were um they're actually apart from me using the wool as a diversification away from the farm for myself they are um quite a strategic move within the like transferring over to dairy um, mm -hmm. because we'll build the numbers up now, uh, drastically build the numbers up and I'll be lambing, you know, 200 sheep kind of thing, um, which is a big, big undertaking considering, you know, I, I've only lambed twice, that is it. Like, and I, I didn't I didn't go to, I, in hindsight, I should have gone and gone lambing somewhere. Um, but instead, I obviously thought that I was absolutely, you know, I'm amazing, I can do anything. I'm going to lamb all these sheep. My God, what a learning curve that was. <laughs> that is a fair undertaking your first time. Good God. Um, oh, my God. It was. But like I did, I did the first year I didn't. I literally, I had three die. That was about it. And I, I thought I was the shit. I was like, I am amazing. I've got this down. This is this is what I'm made to do the next year. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you didn't mention the number that were dead for the second year. You didn't mention the number that were dead for the second year there, I noticed. Um, <laughs> oh, there was more than <laughs> I just quickly apologise for the clock going off at the minute. I really don't get it. Right now is half past seven and we've had two dings and at seven o'clock we had one. I thought it was supposed to be seven on the hour and one at half past. So I've no idea what this grandfather clock time thinks it is. Um, 
I actually just want to quickly jump back. The wool thing's really interesting, but I want to jump back to the the, the plan for the dairy. Um, yep. Will they be outdoors 180 days or will they be indoors all the time? What's the plan? Uh, they will be outdoors as much as possible. Um, Roy's got it in his head, and quite rightly, I am behind him with this. He thinks that the way that dairy is going, it's going to be more about the space that the cow has, um, and like he, he calls it like freedom dairy. So like everything has access to outdoors kind of thing. And he, I do, I honestly, I do wish he would actually engage on social media or on podcasts and things because my god, he's clever. I exactly. can't even tell you how amazing he is. Um, and he, he says, you know, if you if you want to drive wagons and you want five wagons, you have got to go to the DVLA or whoever it is, I can't like the wagon authority, um, and you've got to say how you're going to fuel those wagons, where you're going to store them, where your runoff for your fuel is going to be, and you've basically got to get a license for your wagons. Now, if you want to increase them wagons by, you know, two or three, you have got to prove that you have got capacity for those wagons otherwise they won't give you a license and you can't drive those wagons on your operator's license i do think somewhat that should be transferred over to farming it will happen but why do people get to have so many cows that they cannot possibly look after like what about if some of the rented land was taken away how are they going to feed them like it, ju it just it doesn't make when you've been in business in other areas i think you come back to farming and you 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 know look at how it works it's unbelievable the things people get away with you know and even health and safety wise and things like that farmers don't know the born i agree i agree and, and it's interesting you said you don't think it will happen i do think that sort of thing will happen do you think it because, will yeah no 100 percent. because you know especially if we leave the eu i keep saying if we leave you EU, we're leaving the eu we're left the yeah. i'm dreadful in politics you know what i mean um yeah, yeah i know what I mean when when sort of the uk starts to be the, the the sort of body that's running everything but in particular farming here i think with the standards that we have and the standards that we market to to the globe we're going to have to have an objective system that proves we do that now farm assurance does to a point but you know does it really is is the real question there and i think like you're saying mm. you're going to have to prove your stocking rate for example you mentioned freedom yeah. you're going to have to prove that you're objectively reaching five freedoms um all yeah. that sort of thing. And I, I can't see how it can't happen. I think it has to happen. You're dealing with an animal. I, at the end of the day, whether whether you like it or not, that the vegan argument is we are exploiting an animal for our gain. And, and that is the truth. You know, yeah, take yeah. or exploitation as you will. But um, that's, that's sort of how it works. So I do think that will happen. Um, and I like the idea of sort of, so they have, they have 365 day access outside. Now, obviously, not every day they're going to accept that, or will that just be maybe eight months or something like that? Is that the plan? Uh, graze, so we're going to have a grazeway put in, which is absolutely grand, so we can obviously control when they do or don't go outside. Uh, we've been advised while they are while they are in calf, I think it was, they don't get access to the outside just because there's too many variables. Right. Okay. Um, so from a literally as much as possible, we are going to give them 100% access to outside. Yeah. Um, we can do that basically because of the way the land's laid out in a big circle around the shed, you sure. know, um, and then it's something that we've not really looked into is, you know, how we're going to graze animals. Cause at present we, we could probably do a better job of what we do now. We kind of graze it to the wick and then move fields and then graze it to yeah. the wick and move fields. Like that's how we do it with sucklers. It just, you know, whereas you see people really taking the grazing seriously and making plans and, and how, you know, <laughs> measuring the grass literally 
you know, maybe that's something that we are going to have to do. But it's some, it's just a learning thing, isn't it? It's something we don't actually know about and we don't pretend to know about yeah. either. Yeah, and, and not pretending to know about things is the best way to learn things. Because oh, God, if, yeah. Yeah, the amount of folk I know that pretend to know everything, so then no one tells them anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what's exactly. Point. Yeah. Like you um, go to people's houses and like we do, we love going around and seeing other people's systems and things. And I worked um, for about three or four months on a friend's dairy farm just to help them out milking in the morning. And that was an eye opener just to see how it was done, you know, even physically how, how milking was done. Cause it wasn't something um, that me or Roy had ever had any, apart from mothering calves on, which is slightly, you know, obviously we, we know what happens and, we get the risk of getting your head kicked in and you've got a car sure. that's stupid and its tongue's hanging out. And so obviously I think we have the worst job. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah true, true. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um yeah, no, it's it's um it's, it's interesting looking at the different options for grazing. Do you look down the set level? Do you look at rotational, you know, or paddock mobs, whatever? It's um I think it'll be paddock grazing. Yeah. It'll be cool in two years' time to see where you are, what you are doing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well the Lily sent a long time is who we're dealing with and they're gonna they've got some special like proper specialists you know who know sure. what they're doing and they're gonna come in and advise us you know where to put the fields where to put electric fences and things like that which is quite nice because it's something that we've never had any experience with at all you know you always hear Lely are quite proactive in that sort of thing um I've heard mm. a few folk jump to robots and others a few different companies but Lely's always the one I feel like offers a lot of sort of aftercare that sort of thing um and, and they'll, well, they've got access to experts, like you say. Uh, do you, you're obviously not in dairy yet, uh, Charlotte, but do you have an idea as to where milk price is where you are or not? I'm not sure. Not a clue. Not a clue. No. Honestly, um, not, not a clue. Um, we have got uh, a dairy in mind, a Scottish dairy in mind. Um, right. Um, um, and there is a come is the at the road farm. Anyway, we spoke to this lady at the Highland Show. Um, actually, it was a ridiculous story that I probably shouldn't tell, but I'm going to anyway. Um, Ray was joking, and we'd gone in. We didn't realise Graham's Dairy had a stand or a shop, you know, with all the milk and yogurts yeah. and things in. And we'd gone in just to have a little nosy nosy. Um, and Ray said, "Oh, go on, ask her how to become a Graham's Dairy farmer." And there was this lovely lady filling up, you know, the fake cow so the kids could milk it. For sure, yeah. <laughs> and I said it really quietly, but joking. I said, excuse me, missus, how do you become a Graham's dairy farmer? In a really ridiculous voice without realising that Mr. Graham's daughter was stood behind me. <laughs> so she turned around, she turned around and she, and honestly, she was such a, like a vision, like really like striking woman. Um, red lipstick and white shirt and really smart and she said sorry I didn't hear you and I was like oh shit um, I said how do I become a Graham's dairy farmer I'm thinking this is not how I envisage this conversation to go like I wanted to write letters and <laughs> it was just it was terrible and she was like oh I'll just get more egg for you and she got the lady milking the cow um, and we're in touch with her now um, so hopefully they're coming down you know what even if it even if it doesn't happen and they don't want us, it's not, you know, we, we are trying, um, you know, different avenues. And I know Arla had opened the doors as well and asked people to apply. So we've applied for that as well, just to, you know, get our foot in the door kind of thing. Um, but yeah. we, it's, it's something that we've got no experience in. We don't know. No, and I love that. I love this jump-in mentality. But like, as you said, I mean, Roy's pretty organised. You're both sort of on board with it. You won't be jumping in blind, but you'll be jumping in, sorry. Like, even like you say, let's say Graham's come and it's not for them. 
you'll have learned something from them, I'm sure. You oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's that's a win in itself. Um, I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2 Cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, the Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry. Just just on, on the sheet, what breeds is it you're running, Charlotte? Uh, we are running um, Texacrosses mostly, um, and then we've got like 12 mules, um, and I'm putting on a, I was a Dutch um, spotted diehard fan, um, yeah. it's obviously the fashion, and I put all, <laughs> yeah, I put the Dutch spotted onto um, half of them, and then Roy got himself a little blue Texel, Mm-hmm. And he put them onto the other half, um, and onto the clins. Um, we will. We've so far we've kept them pure, but we're going to put the blue texel onto them this time and see what they turn out like. Because actually, and I hate to say that he's right because he always generally is. His lambs well, that I lambed because he's been nowhere near them. But his, you know, <laughs> Mister, I won't touch a sheep because it's a violation of them. Um, his lambs are actually belting like proper. Hey the animals so yeah I think I'm gonna the Dutch spotted girls that we kept back ourselves so there'll be text across across with Dutch spotted we're gonna put the Dutch spotted back onto them um just because I want spotty lambs just because mm-hmm. I've started yeah. I feel like I've got to see it through and um, but the rest of them are gonna get the blue text on because it was really really good lambs this time it looks like it pains you to say that a wee bit I could be wrong like honestly do you know what it's like living with someone that is always right yes i live on my own uh... <laughs> <laughs> um yeah do you know there's there's a lot of these sort of fashionable uh breeds at the minute yours warble or your dutch spotted your whatever i like the dutch spotted i'm quite a fan uh, yeah no i like them they're amazing yeah. um, they were um, really good to lamb really good to lamb um, and they got up and they got on. The heads were a lot smaller than the blue texel, which I was quite appreciative of at the time. Yeah. Um, but we started when we when we first got the sheep, we got thirty one clins, like pure clins. Um, they're all pedigree and fancy. Um, and then we put the a clin took back onto them, and then we've kept a load of girls. So basically, we've got a really decent um, like flock of just clin sheep, and they are really good mums they have they have proven themselves they are smart but maybe I don't want to be drawn in by the shapier lambs but the 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 Texel ones are really um in the end they are the shapier ones whereas the clean lambs all got away first you know mm-hmm. they made no, they maybe didn't look the part and they were nothing fancy and nothing to write home about but they were all massive and they all went first um so I don't know it depends whether you fire farming for vanity or whether I don't know, I've not decided. Yeah, yet. it can't hurt to have a little bit of vanity, can it? Yeah, it can. No, no, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I wouldn't be who I am without as much vanity, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, what was the same? Yeah, exactly. I know. You've got to get through life somehow. Um, I, I like cleans or cleans, cleans, whatever. L L E Y N's. Uh, I'm sure Will, if you're listening, do you know Cowley Hill Farm, Charlotte? Do you know who that is? No. No, big. I keep big writing these down. <laughs> big, big, uh, big YouTuber, um, Will Rubottom of Cowley Hill Farm. I, I, was that not the night? Did I not introduce you to him? 
at the Highland? Or was that another night? Let's not get into the problems of the Cattle Lines the Highland show. Uh, but yeah, Will's, Will's big into Clins. He's been doing really well at various shows throughout the country. And he actually did well at Yorkshire, um, which was excellent. Uh, I think he got a first in the, in the no Queen's way. Side, in the Yow Lamb section. I think I think that was Yorkshire. Um, well, if you're listening, I'm sure you will be. You're a big fan and you're a big fan of Charlotte, I know. So uh, you'll be listening to that. Um I'm trying to think what podcast he was so you can listen to it. I think it was number 36 or no, 38, 38. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. another, another one for you. Well I'm, well, I'm working at the minute because I'm absolutely like today, my, my, I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and um, have my little interview, my little uh, Zoom. And he was like, and what are you going to tell me about what you've done today? And I'm like, well, I sat inside all day and did artwork. Like, and it sounds... <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm doing my artwork, which is the only re- the only way I get paid, um, I do listen to your podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Maybe you'll accidentally, you know how when you're writing something and someone says something, maybe you'll hear my name and accidentally draw me. That would be amazing. Um, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> draw me like your friend. Yeah. yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, because everyone wants to see the fat bearded Scotsman like one of your French girls. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah let's just turn that thought off entirely <laughs> I love it. tell us about nuisance oh my god have you seen <laughs> nuisance's calf i have I oh have. my god <laughs> so nuisance um, i think she had four calves now and she first stood out to me she is if you've seen her she's nothing special to look at she's just a blue, blue cross cow um, and she's square as hell, and she has got an attitude, like a proper attitude. And when she was a calf, um, I'd be mucking, I'd be scraping one side of the cubicles, and I'd laugh at Roy because he'd be in the other side of the cubicles trying to get a nuisance to move through. And honestly, he could throw, there's a video somewhere, and I can't find it, he could throw himself into the side of it, and he would not move. This calf was absolutely defiant. Anyway, we encourage this behaviour because we're arseholes, and now we're left with nuisance, <laughs> who definitely lives up to her name. And literally, like, she must have a gene where she has, like, a double, you know, it throws back to the blue, because if you put her with a decent bull, her calves are absolutely amazing, and she's such a good mum, and she is bags of fun. I do, and I have... It's going to be awful because we joke about, oh, nuisance is going to stay when the jerseys come. Nuisance wouldn't fit in the robot if she were to live with them. And I can't, like, honestly, I can't, I'll be absolutely heartbroken to have to get rid of her. But I'm going to try and find her a really good home. Okay. Before, so she's not, I'm not, I cannot allow her just to be sold like the rest of them through. Not, it just, it won't happen because she's just, she is special and she just is a big pet. And I want, I remember Roy once getting rid of, um, I had another cow called Fave Cow. Right. Inventive. <laughs> clever genius. And yeah. you could ride Fave Cow and you could shout her and she'd come up and give you a hug in the shed and things. And anyway, a bag dropped and she had terrible feet. Um, and this was before I had any say whatsoever on anything farming related. Um, and she was gotten rid of. And I just remember being absolutely heartbroken and saying, if you take all the fun stuff away, like what are you left with? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. You know, you're left with the shitty days where it's raining and miserable and you can't open shed doors because it's so windy. And, you know, you need those little 
bits of fun to keep you going, I think. Um, and Nuisance is definitely one of those because she is absolutely hilarious, mostly because Roy hates her. So that's why I love her so much. She's on your side. She's on your side. She really is. <laughs> um, you mentioned art. Now, I have looked at some of your art and by God, it's good. Uh, that, oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. But the first thing that drew me to your art, which I mentioned earlier on, on uh, very lightly, was uh, there was a chopper broke down, all right, in saying? Uh, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it swallowed a stone. That's what it was. That's what it was. And and you found that stone. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> I was, honestly, so like, We've only, we've only, I think they've only been, and they're, God, they're, they'll listen to this anyway, and they're such nice lads, the Wilsons. Um, they've been maybe three or four times, maybe, th- yeah, four times I think they've been and, and chopped grass for us, and everything's been fine, everything's been perfect, and we were razzing round, and everything's great, and the next thing, this chopper stops, and everyone's stood in the middle of a field, and I'm going, what are they doing? Like, what are they doing? I had a child with me. And both of them, is like, what they're doing? He's like, oh, it's just full of grass. It looks stuck, you know. And next thing, he pulls out this massive stone. And I was like, oh, shit, because it's me that rolled the field. <laughs> and I just felt absolutely... Honestly, my heart fell out of my ass. I was like, shit, this is my fault. Like, if I've broken that thing, like... And it, they're worth millions. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I literally thought I'd absolutely my world imploded I was like shit so what do you do you just take the piss that's all I could think to do because I was mortified that luckily it just pushed some pushed some teeth out of line or something right. if you know anything about yeah. choppers I don't know anyways so enough, that it. makes sense yeah yeah he took it home <laughs> nothing had broken um and he he fixed it up and then I um painted his chopper um on the stone and gave it it's to him br- as a present it's brilliant though it's absolutely brilliant. I think it's fantastic. And you've sat it in that field, haven't you? In a little bit next. Is that right? No. No, no. I no, no. I gave it to him. Um, ah, and he, it's, it's on his fireplace now. I, I thought it was lovely. I really did. But um, like, I'd and- run it past Roy and Roy was like, you can't do that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you can. And Roy was like, no, no. He said, I think you, because sometimes I do go a bit far and I'm a bit silly. He's like, no, I think it might be a bit insulting. Like we literally nearly broke his chopper and they're worth a lot of money. Like it maybe is going a bit far. And I was like, oh, maybe not then. And then I ran it past his brother and he was like, oh, hell yeah, give it him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but his brother was trying to hurt him, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think he was. Yeah, I think he was. It was a bit sadistic. No, I, I thought it looked beautiful. But then that meant I then clicked on uh, your art page and I thought, wow. So uh, have you always done art or have you just started on the farm? No, I was really rubbish. Um, I, there is a picture somewhere. I'll try and find it of um, the first sheep that I did. Um, okay. I, when I first moved to Cumbria, I didn't really have many friends. Um, I didn't really know anyone. And as you will know, the farming community is maybe slightly closed when you're a fresh girl. Um, and I didn't really know where I fit in. You know, I was just a carer. And then all of a sudden you flung into, you know, go and socialize with all these people who have farms and land and all the rest of it um and I was a bit out of my depth so I joined uh, WI which okay. might sound really ridiculous now um but they were the nicest kindest people and me and my friend brought the average age down by about 60 years um, <laughs> <laughs> but we used to go once a month um, and they'd have different talks um and demonstrations things like that and one of them was on felting and I thought, oh, 
I know some farmers, I could have a go at this. And that's literally how it started. I thought, oh, I can have a go at this. And I went and I got um, some wool and I did a swabble. Um, and it was bought by a lady um, on the other side of Longtown, actually. Um, yeah, as well. and it was really rubbish. And I look at it now and I think, good God, how does she pay money for that? But she did. <laughs> My first ever sheep. I'll have to get it back off her one day because, you know, it's a bit of a bit of history. Um, Same, yeah. yeah. And it was really rubbish. I'd do a good one to replace it with. I'm sure she'd be grateful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I didn't like the idea when, and then, you know, you start looking into these things that wool is worth nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I could go to a farmer and say, can I have a bit of wool? And they literally go, yeah, it's a pile in the shed. They're not bothered because it's worth, really it is worth nothing. Well, 40 pence a kilo is what I've just been paid for mine. Um, and it's gone to compost. Yeah, like that, yeah. that's the value of it it's gone to make compost um and i think the wool board's actually paying the set i think it is 40 pence a kilo um so it's like 60 some place isn't it maybe not even well, that well if if you're talking about that funnily enough um we haven't had our wool check this year we just finished about four days ago um but next week with katie i've already recorded the, the one with katie i told i'll tell you this again but last year we sold 1300 kilos 1.3 tons and got all of 12 pounds um, wow well this place if you want number they um dale foot compost it's called um and they are in oh god the other side of Askham, cumbria and they they've been on country file and things and they literally make compost out of fleece bracken um grass silage and a bit of straw that's it they don't oh, put right. any poo in however and it's won awards it's a you know they've all the flower shows and things like that they they're really quite into it so yeah they do take wool and we just dropped it off and they weighed it there and then they they make use of it so yeah it's worth anybody that did want an alternative um you know place to send the wool because it's not it's not actually that far from you um well no it's far no, from it's from the it's, farm, it's far from it? the farm though but yeah um but yeah but it's interesting you say that i mean my mom uses a lot of of wool and actually in particular the black fleeces uh, just yeah. because of the way reflection of heat works um and lies on top just like a sort of uh like like what's the word um like a film over 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 the the patches which keeps the heat in um that's yeah. what we use most of our wool for because yeah yeah definitely yeah i think the market's getting better but just while we're talking about charlotte's art i've got one up here that i just quickly clicked onto i think it's very cool <laughs> Do you want to see it? I've got one here. It lives on oh, the wall. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, no, it lives on the wall. Check, there's no spiders behind it. That's Sieta, my favourite sheep. This is my first ever sheep. That is insane. She's lovely. It's honestly yeah, amazing. It literally is like um, just stuck on, you know? That is so... Well, there. If, if you don't already... Follow Charlotte Ashley Farm on Instagram and as we're just about to get into TikTok and then even more importantly from the art perspective, follow Charlotte Ashley Art. So um, yes, yes sure to do that. Uh, but yes, we have mentioned TikTok many a time. Um, I think you're definitely one of my favourite uh, TikTok accounts these days because there is just nothing serious. And then when something is serious, I'm like, oh, this is good. There is a real heart in there as well as just being a fool. And I'm sorry I say that, but I do mean it. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's great fun it's farming it's showing true agricultural content as you like to oh say oh my god you're not 
um, as you like to say. And it, but it shows it with a sense of character. And like you said earlier, without the fun, what is it? So tell us about TikTok. Um, tell us how many followers you have. I said right at the start of this uh, podcast that um, it was the start of two weeks of TikTok stardom. Now, that is because both Charlotte and Katie together have almost 200,000 followers, I think. Um, so, yes, tell us about TikTok. Tell us how you got into it and tell us why you have so many followers. I know exactly how many you have, but I won't tell. I'll let you tell. Um, uh, I have um, 89.3 thousand followers. That is insane, first off, isn't it? I mean, that's almost a tenth of a million. Yeah, but do you know what? Um, you kind of, it sounds absolutely awful. You see through the number. You completely, will, yeah. And that sounds absolutely disgusting coming out of me. It doesn't mean anything. It can't. Like, it can't mean anything at that size. No, it doesn't. And people like, silly things like the builder would come and he'd go, oh yeah, you're famous. Don't be so stupid. Like what are things to come out with? It's not real. It is just literally a number on the screen. And I think I value, um, I value the platform to have a you know a message, mm-hmm. um, and I value the relationships that you know you make, and you know some. I got a, a lad emailed me the other day. Actually, it was on Instagram, and he said, um, uh, he, he actually said a queer lad from uh, County Durham, and you've made a difference to my life. And I was like, what? Like. And I carried on reading. He said, "You know, lockdown had a really bad, you know, effect on me, and and this, that, and the other." And he said, "I, I find a real sense of joy watching you every day. You literally do cheer me up." And I go on the internet on my phone just to find you. And I'm like, I showed Roy, and it was like eleven o'clock at night, and I, you know, we we're both a little bit drunk. Um, and I said, <laughs> "Here, have a look at this." And Roy was like, "All right," but like it makes it makes it kind of worth it because it, it does. I think. People say, oh, how do you do it? Literally, it takes a lot of time. That's... That by any, was that by any chance Mike Wilkins? I follow Mike and, uh, uh, you know, Mike's openly queer and he talks about this and the challenges in farming yeah. and that sort of thing. And it's I love I love following Mike. It's great. No, but just, just when you oh, said that. Um, see, the only annoying thing, I, I actually, I have one in my drafts, Mike Wilkins. I think it's Mike SQ Wilkins, who I actually want to get on the podcast, just haven't contacted them yet. Yeah. Um, you when there's that many people, you tend to not look for sure. You're really rude. Um, so you do miss out on a lot of people. <clears throat> and then I'll be scrolling through and I'm like, oh my God, they're amazing. They're right up my street. And I'll go to follow them and realize that they already follow me. And I'm like, good God, they must think I'm like the rudest bitch because I don't follow them already. But I, I don't think that's possible because how can you follow 89,000 people? You can't. Well, you can't. You know, you and, and you said you sort of see through those followers and that's rude. Yeah, I, I, I disagree. I, I agree with the seeing through part. You know, I mean, I've, I think it's I think it's something like 7,000 followers I've got or something like that over everything. And uh, I literally notice if someone likes it and it's a different name that I've never seen before. Yeah. And 90%, 90% of the time I'm right. I'm like, they've never been here before. But if if, if that applies to 20, 30, 40,000, you just can't. It's not that you care less, it's that you simply cannot do that. A brain can't do that. I know. And I think I got to a point where I was replying to every single comment as well because I, I felt I had to. And then Roy was like, we well, put your bloody phone down. And we ended up not falling out, but you know, nearly falling out. Put your phone down, and it wasn't because I was taking videos. It was because I'm replying to comments, and I don't think you can underestimate how 
much pressure you can put on yourself to keep up with yourself, which is just really silly. Um, but then you fear you fear that you'll lose the traction that you've got if you don't. It's a bit of a trap with social media. It's not really, it's not the most pleasant of things, but it has its uses. I see what you're saying, and, and I know a lot of people talk about the negativity of social media and stuff like that, and, and I think Roy was right for to say, put the phone down, you know, because I just quickly glanced when you were saying that onto your TikTok, sort of see roughly how many comments, some have got 300, some have got 40. You, you would do nothing else, you know, and, yeah. and Roy, Roy obviously leads you on the farm. Uh, you know, yeah. let's forget that, but, you know, that that you, you, you get so bogged down with that in itself. I don't know if you've seen The Office US, but the, I think the last episode is brilliant because Andy is so fixated on these comments online. Now, I know it's a joke, but that happens and people get ruined by social media. I, I personally yeah. try and use it purely from a positive perspective. If someone sends, yes. you know, um, but there is a way to get caught in that negativity and really find yourself having problems with it. But your TikTok is great. I really do enjoy it. But why this This is that's uh, the way I was going to ask that was going to sound so rude. Um was I think I know the answer to this, but did something happen that made you fly up in followers? Uh, I don't know. You know, I started off um, originally. Um, I start well. I, I've been documenting farming from um, right from the word go. To be honest, even on Facebook, if you look back on albums and things, I was constantly, you know, taking selfies with calves and stuff. And then gradually it progressed to where I was doing my own jobs and you know talking about them. Um, and then I used the TikTok just to make the videos. Okay. I intend on posting them on TikTok. It was more to take the video from TikTok and post it on Twitter. Right. And that's what I was doing. And this is before I didn't, I didn't used to put music on them. So obviously copyright didn't exist and things like that. And then I'd posted a video. This is such a long time back now of... Um, a calf. It was a cow that wasn't meant to be a calf. And anyway, I'd gone in in the morning to scrape these cows out. And the cow had just dropped this calf in Ang Big Angus cow. She just dropped this calf in a pile of shit, really, um, and left it. And she was just stood there looking at it like it was some kind of repulsive thing. Um, so I, <laughs> I grabbed this calf and I dragged it up onto the onto the actual cubicles. And Roy was starting to tractor outside, and I don't know why I had it. It was I think it was mostly for friends and family. It wasn't for any reason because I'd never really posted, you know, a, an autobiographical kind of you know, day before. And I shouted um, in this awful shrill voice, Roy, Roy, and it, like, but like, I meant it because obviously this calf was in front of me. It was freezing cold. It was literally limp. And I'm shouting, Roy, there's a calf, calf like this. And then Roy's like, what? And, you, and I said, calf like that. Then the next thing, I'm hair drying the calf. You know, everything you would do if, you know, you had a sure. head yeah. calf. And I don't know what made me video it all. Anyway, the calf ended up in front of the Arga, which was hilarious for everybody else apart from us um who knew the repercussions we've seen it a million times for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't really matter does it so we've made a tent over the front of it and you know my mum came round and we were rubbing it and you know we really we tried hard with this calf anyway it totally lived and um, took it back outside and the mother took the car how I do not know because it had been away from her overnight yes. I know, um, she, she, technically she shouldn't have taken the calf back, but she did. So I posted this video to post it on Twitter just to show my, you know, my, more my friends because, you know, even though I've got uh, not that many followers on Twitter uh, compared to TikTok, but, you know, enough. Um, 
And then I went back on TikTok to make another video a few days later and it had gone viral without me knowing. Right. So I hadn't, yeah. So I didn't know anything about keywords or blocking negative words, which obviously now you, if you posted any swearing, anything, uh, murder, rape, anything that, you know, you sure. could imagine having slung at you, it, it's filtered out of my comments completely. I won't stand for it at all. And I don't want to see it either. So it literally just disappears before I even get to read it. Uh, so you. obviously all of this came up. And it, you can still go through the comments if you find the video and they are vile. So then because these comments were coming through and I wasn't responding, the farming community on TikTok stepped in and they were sticking up for me. So it was like a battle in the comments, but I hadn't even seen it. So I was just like, oh, my God. So when I went on, I was like, I remember going on and it was at 13,000 views. And I was thinking, oh, my God, this is this is unreal. Like my head was falling off. This is just crazy. It's now at like seven point something million. So like it's, it went crazy. Um, and then the followers just gradually started going up, but they've just gone. Th there's been nothing that's made them shoot up necessarily. Although yeah. carving time and lambing time, you do generally double your followers because obviously life and death and gruesome things. And um, people love a bit of something that's, you know, For gross. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'm not that they, they've just gradually increased and they just they are carrying on increasing, which is just crazy. Yeah, no, it is because some folk have a I've had Ginger Louise on who you may or may not follow. Oh um, god, she's hilarious. She's bro absolutely brilliant. Um comedy. And, it's just she literally is made for it. Yeah, and she just she just talks and takes the piss out of herself and it's just it's entertaining. Um she's something like 170,000 followers. Now there's there's two things there. Yeah, she, there's two things there. One, she's brilliant, but also her brother's major on TikTok. Um, yes. Yeah, Drew Meister. Yeah, Drew is huge. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, it, it, she said it was, because I just assumed it was like, you know, TikTok, you put something up, something goes viral, it's like, and then, you know, but no, you all sort of seem to be on this sort of steady path. Yes, something pushes that on. But uh, yes, if you don't already, Please follow Charlotte Ashley Farm on TikTok. It is hilarious. Absolutely one of the best ones there is out there. The child had let the dog out of the garden. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if you're bringing the dog on, two seconds, I'll bring you. I know you're a big fan of this little man. Two seconds. Jameis, come on, mister. Yeah. Come on, darling. Yes. What's this? Stop What's it, this? stop it. Oh, look, it's the trained cat. You're famous, aren't you? We love an animal. We love an animal. Look at us. <laughs> What's that? What's that? Oh, nice James. snack. Nice snack. <laughs> nice snack. Don't you say that about my Jameis. <laughs> oh, I like snack, <laughs> are you? Um, yes, well, Charlotte seems to think James is trained, but he is not, in fact, trained. He's just a... He is. Like, he's a trained jumper. He is a train jumper. Uh, he is. Yep. He is. Uh, he is that indeed. But apart from that, there's not much more. Maybe we'll get there sometime. <laughs> uh, what, what we're referring to here is I can hold my hand out like this and James will jump up from the ground and land in my hand. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's really clever. <laughs> I can't even train Peggy to wee outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's annoying. That's a nightmare. That is, that is a tricky one. Um, but here, it's been class, Charlotte, obviously, met three years ago, which was four weeks ago yeah, and then two years ago. ago. So now we've basically met eight years ago uh, and it has been a long time coming. 
and uh, the other cat has just appeared. Um, and it's been good to actually, you know, follow you for a bit. Uh, I know you follow myself as well, and and sort of meet the person is always quite fun. But you are a big fan of the uh, of the R two cast, so you yes. know what's next. There is two questions. One of which is where do you see yourself in five years? And second is if you'd any tips for folk coming into farming, which is a good one for you because you have come into farming. Um, what would they be? Uh, five years time, I hope to have a wage. Yes, helpful. <laughs> Very helpful. Um, no, I see us in five years time. Um, maybe the building work has finally stopped. I think since we moved in, we have been living on a building site um, for an awful lot of years. And there's always been a massive project on the go. It would be nice to not relax, but just, um, you know, just live the life that we planned instead of sure. always, you know, going for it, which would be amazing. Um, earning some money, which is always the aim of the game. I know people pretend it's not, but it definitely is. Um, and for any people coming into farming, I don't, you know what? Just enjoy it. Like literally throw yourself at it. Um, I think I never, don't look down on people when they don't know something as well. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, I, um, it was actually a Gareth Wynne Jones post. Um, he'd taken off a, you know, a community Facebook group and there was a, a creep feeder with a load of bullocks stood in and they were just stood obviously feeding in this feeder and this woman had put on the group what is this torturous device you know it's awful um and I'd posted on and copied it onto my page and said oh my god this is hilarious I can't believe people don't know what this is how stupid is that woman um and in the end all my friends from Preston commented on it I don't know what that is like what is it I don't know yeah, what that yeah, is sure. um and it was really bizarre to have, um, like, to eat my own hat kind of thing yeah. as well. There was no, the, you know, I, you shouldn't ridicule people for not knowing, which is where the more the education thing started coming from. Um, it was my own stupidity, assuming that other people knew what I knew. And they don't. Yeah. They don't. And, you know, you get really good questions like, can cows walk up steps? You know, it's a common question. I don't know why it's a common question, but it's a common question. Yes, they can walk up steps um, and things like that. Or can you tip a cow over? Well, yeah, if there's a trough next to it and you go and push it, like, and it's... Oh, feet, I've seen know. so many of these videos of cows <laughs> doing it to each other. Amazing. <laughs> They're assholes, aren't they? Oh, I tell you, tell you. But just uh, never to, never, never stop learning, but never ridicule anybody for knowing less than you do because everyone learns, you know, and not everybody is in a position where they've had to know what we know. Yeah, totally. Um, which is something that I had to learn, obviously, the hard way by posting it on Facebook. Um, but, yeah, just to just be kind. And I know that sounds like, so cliche, but, like, it is so true. And have fun. No, yeah. I like that. It, yeah, definitely. You And you've mentioned that a few times. And I think sometimes in the farming community, it can be quite bad for forgetting that. You know, it's... it's uh, it's almost who's better and who's doing whatever. And I like the idea yeah, definitely. of, you know what, let's enjoy this. And and also, yeah, you're right, but be kind. Yeah, maybe it is cliched, but um, I'm an agricultural lecturer. I do podcasts. I do everything to do with farming. And you better put it, you can bet your bottom dollar. I don't know half the stuff there is, you know? And, no. and that's that's the way it is. And, and the people that always make a fool of themselves are the ones that expect you to know everything, like you found. Yeah, uh, definitely. And... And normally, if someone says, I don't know something, I'm like, oh, well, I do now. 
and then they feel a bit silly because they're like, oh yeah, good point, you know. Uh, so yeah, no, good good points. I would say very good points. And uh, yeah, it's been great to record. I hope you've enjoyed. I hope you've enjoyed yes, yourself. No. Grand. Well, it's, it's been great fun to have you on. Um, and uh, next week, as I've said a couple of times, we will be with Katie Shanahan, another TikTok star. Uh, and I know my favourite thing about this is Charlotte and Katie are massive fans of each other. Um, and yeah. Charlotte, Charlotte has been proper fangirling in the Instagram Instagram comments over Katie. So looking Love forward to next, <laughs> to next week's podcast. So this is the 12th of August. We will see Katie on the 19th of August. Charlotte, it's been a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Uh, and glad you did too. And we shall speak later. Oh, thank you very much. It's been lovely. Well, that's it. Another R2 cast finished. Another agricultural mind opened up. And I would just like to say that getting these guests on board uh, does take time uh, and it always has done. But I've now went weekly and with that comes even more time required. And I would just like to finally thank once more the Scottish Farmer for sponsoring the show and making that much more possible. Please be sure to get in touch if you've any ideas of people you'd like to see on the podcast or maybe ideas you have for me presenting better because I definitely do require that. See you in the next one.